Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Jim Dawes here from right now. Coming to you from the beautiful orange groves of Indian River County, Florida. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for survival of Western civilization, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. I have to remind you that the views expressed here are not necessarily those of the owner's staff, stations, or sponsors of the the station you're listening to. They're my views, the views of our guests, and the views of our callers. And you're welcome to call in at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Well, uh, this is Monday. May um, 6th, and the stock market is uh, taking a a bit of a plunge as we go to air now. It's down about 500 points, and the financial community, which is the establishment in this country, is up in arms because Donald Trump uh, renewed his threat uh, to impose 25% tariffs on Chinese exports. Uh, He says that he'll put in place 25% tariffs on $200 billion of exports that are currently being levied at 10% and then go on to apply a 25% tariff to $325 billion in exports that are not currently subject to any tariffs. Now, basically what that does, it applies tariffs to all Chinese products because last year their trade deficit with or their trade surplus, our trade deficit, with the United States, was $525 billion. This, uh, this threat by the president comes before uh, the scheduled meeting. Um, I think it's on May 10th uh, of the Chinese trade ambassador uh, for negotiations for final terms on a trade agreement uh, scheduled to be held in Washington, D.C., now, what is going on here? That, uh, that is not an easy question to answer because uh, there are several different possibilities. One is that the president is trying to put pressure on China to make a deal at these scheduled trade negotiations where it is rumored that China is going to drag their feet and attempt to push these trade negotiations off until after the uh 2020 election in hopes of getting another one of these compliant globalist uh, presidents, specifically Joe Biden, who's got uh, many conflicts of interest when it comes to China. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit when we take a closer look at old Joe's campaign. 
but um, I, I think Peter Navarro and uh, John Lighthizer are telling the president that uh, China is coming to these negotiations with no real intent on making the concessions that would be necessary for the president to sign a trade deal. So the president tweeted out, uh, this was over the weekend, says for 10 months, China has been paying tariffs to the U.S. of 25% on $50 billion of high-tech and 10% on $200 billion of other goods. These payments are partially responsible for our great economic results. The 10% will go up to 25% on Friday. That was this last Friday, uh, May May 5th? Um, that's not right. I'll figure it out in a second. But, um, he says, uh, 325 billion dollars of additional goods sent to the U.S. by China remain untaxed, but will be shortly at a rate of 25%. The tariffs paid to the U.S. have had little impact on our product cost and are being mostly borne by China. The trade deal with China continues, but too slowly as they attempt to renegotiate And then he says, no, exclamation point. So shortly after the president issued that tweet, uh, the stock markets, especially those in Asia, uh, took a dip. And while 500 uh, points at the Dow Jones Industrial Average in the United States is a healthy number, because the market is soaring so highly, it is uh, is less than a 2% dip, which is in any other times, uh, considered a normal uh, correction. Of course, the uh, Trump haters in the United States are trying to, um, and the free trade globalists are trying to interpret this as um, Trump not knowing what he's doing, which is kind of amazing when you look at the stock market has broken, oh, I don't know how many records since Trump took office over 20 and the economy is uh, booming we've got 3.2 percent gross growth in the gross domestic gross domestic product in the last quarter i think we finished 2018 at just under three percent historically low unemployment in all demographic groups and most importantly from a middle class uh, perspective is we have finally, after decades and decades of stagnant wages, started getting healthy uh, wage growth. So uh, the Chinese delegation is set to arrive in Washington on, uh, on this Wednesday. And Trump's tweets are a strong message to the Chinese leadership that they had best come prepared to offer more than just platitudes, certainly more than increasing uh, just their imports of soy and and other commodities from the United States. That is the hallmark of a third world economy is when you just are selling food and other natural resources in order to have a real uh, thriving economy. You have to add value through manufacturing raw goods. That's how you put people to work. So, you know, the the establishment people on Wall Street and the globalists are determined that this uh, this is going to be misrepresented. Um, every time the president tries to in- increase his uh, negotiating position, 
our establishment uh, mobilizes over the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and the New York Times and all the other house organs of the establishment to undermine his position because while Main Street has suffered mightily for the rise of Chinese manufacturing, Wall Street has benefited and profited greatly. And they like it that way. They want to keep that train rolling. Uh, this is a, uh, a so-called trade expert appearing on Bloomberg TV saying that uh, if, if Trump doesn't get it straight, China, China uh, may walk from these negotiations. Chinese have always said that they will not negotiate at knife's uh, at knife point, basically. And I think there's a lot of there are going to be a lot of voices in Beijing saying that Trump tweeting that he's going to raise tariffs represents a knife point, and that the Chinese are thinking about not going, which would really be a setback because I think a lot of people were expecting that we would have a deal by the end of this week potentially. Now, from your experience here, would you expect the Chinese to come through with that and not go to D.C. unless the rhetoric from the White House is damped down? I think that's a real threat. I think it's very possible. The Chinese, so maybe the most uh, enlightening example is when Trump had that meeting with Tsai Ing-wen, the president of Taiwan. The Chinese just refused to talk until Trump re- you know, walked that back. Uh, earlier, when Trump instituted tariffs and threatened to uh, push them up to 25 percent, again, the Chinese stopped talking. And so uh, if Trump is going to play the same card, I think it's very possible the reaction will be the same. Well, if they're not coming to Washington ready to um, have concessions, and that means absolutely 100 percent reciprocal uh, tariffs on products, if they charge us an amount to import into their markets and we charge them the exact same amount. But on a greater level, I cannot understand why the United States of America is trading, and China is our number one trading partner, with a communist dictatorship that oppresses its people and is attempting to export their uh, communist-controlled economy around the world challenging us in Venezuela, challenging us on the high seas. We have turned China into a major military and economic superpower, and all of this is going to come back and bite bite us. If anybody had proposed that during the Cold War, we give Russia most favored nation trading status and helped fund their military buildup so they could build more nuclear uh, missiles and point him at the United States, that person would be would have been labeled a traitor to the nation. And that is exactly what Wall Street and these uh, these establishment of free trade globalists are doing with China now. And I think it is uh, no less traitorous what uh, what they are proposing. I would hope that President Trump keeps pushing and pushing China to the point or they do walk away from these trade negotiations. And we impose at least 25% tariffs on all Chinese goods. Now, the economists will tell you, and this is a very insidious um, be a bit of propaganda, that China is not going to pay for these tariffs, that you are, through increased costs. Well, that's, that's just not so. First of all, we, we've got a, uh, it's almost a year-long experiment in this with these two, 25% tariffs that we have 
already instituted on $200 billion of high-tech imports in the United States. Those prices have remained uh, stable, and that's because the competition uh, from American products and other imports uh, makes it impossible for China to raise their prices. We have already built in the China um, price and are competing with that. So if China tries to raise the cost of their exports 25%, they will just lose that market. And that's exactly what has happened for this last year with the high-tech products. But another thing, um, China's, in response to the president's tweets, China's currency has really taken a nosedive. So just the fact that Trump raises the specter that the United States will not continue to be a dumping ground for Chinese products, will not eat their oversupply, makes people realize how fragile the Chinese economy is because it is based in large part, I don't want to say almost entirely, but in a very, very large part on their exports to the United States. And if the United States ever decided to, one, stop trading with a communist dictatorship that is totally anathema to everything the United States is is, uh, based on, or we simply insisted that they trade uh, fairly, then that Chinese economy would dry up almost overnight. So uh, I I would just urge you to uh, resist falling into the establishment globalist hysteria over these uh, these trade deals. Yes, Trump is very erratic in how he deals with these issues. I would say that uh, somebody that made as many billions of dollars doing real estate development in New York City might have a little bit of knowledge, uh, superior knowledge than uh, these journalists and these um, these free traders on how to go about uh, conducting negotiations. Well, we're going to talk a little bit now about crazy Joe Biden. But before we go to that, I need to remind you that Mother's Day is coming up. It's one week away. Don't you dare. Don't you dare be one of these uh, these sons or daughters that doesn't acknowledge the sacrifice that their mother made in giving them life first and foremost and uh, and raising them up, including t- changing their nasty poopy diapers when they were babies. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and Minostalgia has a Mother's Day promotion a gift crate that your mother will absolutely love. It's got uh, wild rice pancake mix in there with a fabulous, rich, naturally sweet maple syrup, hazelnut honey. It's got delicious blueberry jam in there. It's got a hand-poured pure soy, soy candle. It's got a whole bunch of stuff. And if you go to menostalgia.com or Maybe an easier way to remember this is just go to um, blazewildrice.com. That's blaze, B-L-A-Z-E, wildrice.com, and order this Mother's Day gift crate. If you do so now, you can get 10% off 
by entering the promo code MOM10. That's promo code MOM10 at blazewildrice.com for your Minostalgia Mother's Day promotion. So the media, uh, the left-wing media, I should say, which is 95% of the media, has decided that um, Joe Biden is um, is going to be the front runner in the Democrats' uh, presidential field, and that's because they want to distract attention away from this field of wide-eyed leftist uh, candidates that continue to says, you know, promote one stupid idea like the Green New Deal or tearing down the border wall or just any number of these um, these wild-eyed leftist fantasies trying desperately to get to the left of each other. And so Joe Biden comes up. He's sort of an old-school Democrat, which is to say very, very liberal, but not quite as crazy in those days. You couldn't go that far out to the left and win anything. But when I say old school, I'm talking about really old school, old, old, old school. And yeah, I know Donald Trump is over 70. Biden is 77. But there is a big difference in these men. Biden looks and acts like a man in his late 70s. Trump, on the other hand, is sort of a freak of nature, sort of like the Energizer Bunny. And we saw coming into the home stretch in the 2016 presidential election when Hillary Clinton was struggling to keep up with Donald Trump's um, constant rallies. Sometimes he would do two or three of them a day, just packing huge auditoriums with tens of thousands of followers again and again and again. And you, you have to wonder what the people that are managing Joe Biden must must think that how they're going to keep up with this pace because Joe Biden, before the Democrats have even launched their first primary debate, looks like he's starting to falter already. It wouldn't be too difficult to envision them having to pick old Joe Trump or Joe Biden up and uh, and toss him into the back of a SUV, similar to what we saw happen to Hillary Clinton as she uh, she entered the home stretch of the 2000. 16 election. So I got a clip here. This is from Joe Biden's lightly attended first campaign event after his announcement at a uh, union hall in Pittsburgh. And, and it's just a sort of a compilation of him trying to get through these uh, sentences on the teleprompter. And you tell me if you think this guy is going to be able to make it all the way to November of 2019. I want to thank, uh, uh, Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive of Allegheny County Executive, being here. And all my time in public life, from I've gotten involved, the country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge, and hedge fund managers. If the enterprise hit hard times, everybody took a hit. Union workers, the UAW took incredible cuts in their future and their, and their pensions and the left to get GM working. They also got that last year. And try to cut wages or freeze wages for the people. Right today, the same is happening in big hospitals in big hospital systems. I think we have to rethink how we define what constitutes a successful economy. Folks in America don't think their children are going to have the same standard of living they had. How can a person dignity be maintained 
Why, why they do that? It means investing much more in medical research to conquer, to conquer devastating diseases like cancer and addiction and Alzheimer's. So God bless you all and may God protect our troops. You know, in the old days, Biden was uh, a notorious gaffe machine saying one dumbass thing after the next. And it's not too hard to envision uh, the Democrats running basically what I think is going to be a Hillary 2.0 of being low energy and in ill health. You may not know this, but Biden has already had two brain surgeries. We knew Hillary Clinton suffered a, a, um, a aneurysm. And a lot of people thought that her health problems were related to neurological disorders. Well, old Joe Biden has had two brain aneurysm surgery to correct two brain aneurysms already. And it's not hard to see that at some point they're going to have to juice this guy up with some amphetamines or something to to try to get him through this. If, in fact, he decides uh, to stick it out. And, of course, we've got the issue of Joe Biden's conflicts of interest when it comes to China. Let me see if I can find this clip. Uh, stick with me just a second. I think it's, um, where did I put it? Oh, man. Joe Biden was on the campaign trail uh, talking about Oh, China's no threat to us. Come on, man. Come on, man. China's no threat to us. They're good folks, folks. And I think that's going to raise some serious questions once the other Democrat candidates start really taking Joe Biden seriously. They're going to have to point out uh, uh, Biden's conflicts of interest. We we detailed on this show uh, just a couple of nights ago how Joe Biden had taken a state visit on Air Force Two to China. And along with him on that trip was his son, Hunter Biden, who was discharged from the United States Navy for cocaine abuse. But he traveled over there with, uh, with Joe Biden and was feted by the communist dictatorship China, uh, in China. And lo and behold, less than 10 days later, the Chinese government bank inked a deal. I'm starting to sound like Joe Biden myself. But less than 10 days after that state visit from Joe Biden, the Chinese government inked a $1.5 billion sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden's private equity firm. The state-owned Bank of China inked a $1.5 billion-dollar deal with Joe Biden's son, Hunter, just 10 days after old Joe showed up over there in Beijing with his son. And this is uh, uh, these conflicts are detailed in Peter Schweitzer's new bestseller, Secret Empires, that is a must-read. And again, as I say, this is all starting to look very, very much like Hillary Clinton 2.0 running against Trump, if he is indeed the nominee. Because Joe Biden is tired. He is incoherent much of the time. His whole campaign is built almost entirely on trying to gen up racial antagonism because he can't, he doesn't have any policies that are 
uh, proven successful and running against Trump in this BAFO economy. Biden is just going to have to uh, point to Trump and call him names and say, say he's morally deficient and all of these other insults. But when he does that, he's basically going to be uh, mounting that same smear against Trump supporters. And uh, I don't think that's going to be a very effective way of winning them over. In December of 2013, Hunter Biden flies on Air Force Two with his daddy, Joe, to China. Ten days later, he signs a $1.5 billion private equity deal with the Chinese government bank. And now he's out there on the campaign trail saying, China is no threat to us. Come on, man. Come on, man. Those are good folks, folks can be very interesting to watch whether or not Biden makes it through these primaries and if he does I think uh, Donald Trump is going to eat his lunch hey if you haven't registered for this giveaway of a Smith & Wesson 380 over at mojo50.com slash register to win you need to do yourself a favor and get over there and register there's only a few weeks left on that drawing built in laser sights polymer frame fantastic weapon we're going to run out for two commercials and we'll be right back after these messages on right now with jim dawes this episode is sponsored by schwann's.com what are you having for dinner tonight hmm good question schwann's home delivery has a solution for you stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides delicious ready-made meals ice cream and more No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 50 Radio Network and available on demand anytime on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Well, as we went out to the break, we were talking about Joe Biden and his obvious conflicts of interest with China. And now he's out on the campaign trail telling everybody that China is not a threat to the United States. They ran up a major, major portion of our trillions of dollars, about 20 or I think it's about 18 trillion dollars of accumulated trade deficits over the last two decades. China represents a the lion's share of that, responsible for the loss of tens of millions of American manufacturing jobs. Yeah, we've got a lot of cheap goods from it, but everybody's uh, standard of living has collapsed as a result of it. 
and now we've elected a America first free trade, uh, uh, fair trade advocate in Donald Trump. And the globalists have sort of kept their powder dry for the last couple of years while, try, uh, while Trump has tried to renegotiate these Chinese trade deals that were such a disaster for us. But they have a light at the end of the tunnel now at the 2020 election. And they think maybe old Joe Biden will get in there and save their bacon, continue this massive wealth transfer from Main Street to Wall Street. And, um, and I think the Chinese are getting that signal as well, that maybe we can just wait this president out and see if we can get old Joe Biden, because let's face it, they own Joe Biden. You're talking about, um, you know, they always accuse Trump of being subject to blackmail by Russia, which turned out to be a giant hoax. Well, there's a lot behind this uh, this deal where Biden took his son Hunter to China and walked away with a $1.5 billion investment in his private equity firm. And Biden better toe the line when it comes to China, otherwise they will wreck him. This is a representative uh, Byrne, I think he's from North Carolina, appearing on Steve Hilton's show on Fox. If you're not watching that, you really should. It's, uh, it's kind of quirky and sort of uh, offbeat for Fox programming, but um, Steve Hilton really has his finger on the pulse of populism and uh, he explains it in a, a way that is uh, more understandable than most of what you will hear uh, in, in the media. Um, and he's got a home right there on the weekends. I think it's Saturday evening on Fox. But here's uh, Steve Hilton interviewing represent North Carolina representative Byrne uh, talking about the need to look into these uh, China ties of Joe Biden. Just just let's get started with one basic question that I hope most people would, would, would agree on, which is shouldn't at the very least Joe Biden's China ties be investigated Absolutely. When somebody makes a comment like that, who spent decades in the United States Senate, eight years as the vice president of the United States, we had these stories out about the ties with his son, business ties. Someone needs to start asking the question, what's really going on here? Now, they took something that was like one-tenth of this, maybe not even that much, and spent two years investigating the president of the United States and found nothing to it. Well, can't we take this much and do something with it and have a real investigation? I think we should. I hope we do. I think we should, and I hope we do, too. But I'm not confident that we will, because the truth of the matter is the Republican leadership in the Senate, and that's the only place where you would get an investigation, is thoroughly owned by the moneyed interest in Wall Street and the bankers and will not be interested in doing anything that will hurt our disastrous trade relationship with the communist Chinese dictatorship in China, sadly. So it's going to be left to the alternative media to do this. Peter Schweitzer has certainly done his part with this, uh, this new book, Hidden Empires, where he details uh, Biden's corruption and his conflicts of interest when it comes to China and the Ukraine, by the way. And... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this development de- develops. Quite frankly, I'm kind of hoping that Joe Biden will be the Democrats nominee because uh, that would be very entertaining to watch Donald Trump 
skin the bark off of him the way he did Hillary Clinton in the uh, in the last campaign. I got a quick sponsorship right here. Um, do you believe in abortion or sanctuary cities or the transgender agenda? If not, why in God's name are you supporting these efforts and these foundations that advance this stuff with your cell phone bill? Big Mobile has given tens of millions of dollars of our money, the money we pay in fees uh, uh, to them in our bill to support these causes. And that's why conservatives created Patriot Mobile to give you the choice and me to stop supporting these things that we do not believe in. It's easy to switch to Patriot Mobile and you can get the same nationwide reliable service, unlimited talk and text in plans starting as low as $25 a month. And with each bill you pay, instead of supporting causes that you do not agree with, you'll be supporting causes that you do, like the Heritage Foundation and the uh, Family Research Council. Need more motivation? When you call 1-800-APATRIOT or visit them online at patriotmobile.com, you can get your activation fee wave if you use the promo code MOJO50. So call today, 1-800-PATRIOT. I'm sorry, 1-800-A-PATRIOT or online at patriotmobile.com slash mojo50. Do it today. So I was saying, I kind of hope Joe Biden is the Democrats nominee because it would be entertaining to watch this nonstop gaffe machine slur his way through the debates with Donald Trump trying to explain his relationship with China and Ukraine and his history of making dumbass statements like the one I'm going to play for you right here. I spent last summer going through the black sections of my town holding rallies in parks, trying to get black men to understand it's not unmanly to wear a condom, getting women to understand they can say no. Getting- what? You spent last summer in the parks. This is This is during... The uh, I think it was the 2008 campaign when uh, Joe Biden was running along with Hillary Clinton against Barack Obama, who ultimately got that nomination and went on to win the presidency. <laughs> Joe Biden says he spent the summer in parks convincing black people to wear condoms and telling black women that they were, could say no. Well, no kidding. Down holding rallies in parks, trying to get black men to understand it's not unmanly to wear a condom. Getting women to understand they can say no. Getting people in the position where testing matters. I got tested for AIDS. I know Barack got tested for AIDS. There's no shame in being tested for AIDS. <laughs> I wonder if he had a, uh, um, a check for Alzheimer's at the same time. But Biden has literally got a whole library of these kind of gaffes in his back his background, and it's rich. It's a rich vein for the Republican National Committee and the Trump campaign to mine, and it would just be hilarious to see another one of these establishment Democrats go down in flames with Donald Trump uh, skewering him at these uh, these debates. So Biden is out there now. Of course, you know, he's running against all of these far left candidates. They like to use the word progressive. 
I'm progressive. It used to be liberal, then liberal became a dirty word because almost everything, all the programs that the liberals had instituted turned out to be disasters. So liberal became a dirty word. Then they moved on to the word progressive. Well, I'm not sure what they're progressing toward except for Marxism. But old Joe Biden says he is the most progressive candidate in the Democrat race. Well, I will agree that Joe Biden is a leftist. He's he's trying he's a leopard trying to change his stripes, but he is at heart a leftist. And to tell you the truth, I don't think he believes in anything, nor does Hillary Clinton. But they were willing to say whatever they need to say in order to uh, to win the votes of the leftist Democrat Party. And so he will be a leftist. And he's claiming now that he's more progressive, which means to say leftist, than anybody else in the Democrat race. And here's what old, uh, old Bernie had to say about that. Joe Biden say that he is the most progressive candidate in this race. Well, look, uh, Joe... I'm sure you saw Joe Biden say that he is the most progressive candidate in this race. Well, look, uh, Joe is a good friend of mine, and I'm not here to attack Joe. Uh, Joe voted for the war uh, in Iraq. I led the effort against it. Joe voted for NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations, trade agreements with China. I led the effort against that. Uh, Joe voted for the deregulation of Wall Street. I voted uh, against that. Uh, you know, I think if you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Joe Biden is one of these old Democrat politicians who uh, who wins, um, you know, labor votes and identity politics votes and then turns right around when he goes up to Washington and gives the establishment whatever program, um, you know, they will pay him in huge campaign contributions to support. And he's got a long history of this. He voted for these disastrous trade agreements with China and everybody else. Uh, he deregulated Wall Street, which led to the collapse in uh, 2005 that just devastated the economy, which Trump is finally just now bringing us back for from. And uh, you got to give old Bernie some credit. He's out there fighting. The rest of the Democrat field is sort of cowering. Um, maybe you could say keeping their powder dry, but Bernie uh, is using the same tactics that allowed him to nearly beat Hillary Clinton and probably would have beat Hillary Clinton in 2016 had it not been for the DNC putting their finger on the scale. And he's going right after old Joe. So that'll probably work out in Joe's favor because people will see the declared socialist, I would say communist, Bernie Sanders, uh, being contrasted with Joe Biden, which by comparison, he will look mainstream, even though he's not. And I'm just going to say this one last thing about Biden, because there's going to be it's going to be a long next 18 months the slog up to the uh, 2020 election, 2019 election. And uh, that is, in the absence of any coherent or effective policy prescriptions, Joe Biden is going to the well of racism once again. It's the well that serves the Democrats so well. And, uh, and in his first campaign 
appearance in South Carolina, South Carolina being a critical primary state, especially for the Democrats. He accused Trump of trying to bring back Jim Crow and being a closet racist and a Nazi and white, white nationalist and blah, 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 blah. All this stuff is so tired. You would think the, uh, the appetite for it over even on the Democrat side of the aisle would be exhausted at this point. Because the truth of the matter is Donald Trump hasn't done anything to um, indicate that he's a racist. And in fact, he's done a a great deal of positive good for uh, minority communities, especially blacks, through his economic policies. But um, here's DeRoy Murdoch appearing on Fox. He's a, a commentator on Fox answering Joe Biden's claim that um, Donald Trump and the Republicans are bringing back Jim Crow. Last year, 24 states introduced or enacted at least 70 bills to curtail the right to vote. And guess what? Mostly directed at, quote, people of color. You see it. We got Jim Crow sneaking back in. No, I mean it. Uh, well, it's really something to hear Joe Biden talk about uh, Jim Crow. The first thing I try to remind Joe Biden is if you're going to talk about Jim Crow, he might start by apologizing for the Democrat Party's absolutely central and pivotal and indispensable role in introducing the Jim Crow laws and brutally enforcing them from about 18, 18, 1890 or so. And what were they basically? 1964. Uh, these were actual, uh, these were statutes passed by state governments that said uh, you had to have separate but equal facilities. Segregation. Segregation, essentially. Passed by Democrats, not by Republicans. Republicans fought this. Eventually, uh, Republican Everett Dirksen, Senator from Illinois broke the filibuster and we were able to have the 64 Civil Rights Act. So Republicans fought Jim Crow, Democrats implemented and enforced Jim Crow. Joe Biden ought to start by remembering that. Everybody ought to start by remembering that. This same Democratic Party and Joe Biden is a perfect uh, standard bearer for it was the party of segregation in the Deep South and Joe Biden goes back to a period where he had to mouth uh, support for uh, those Jim Crow laws and sort of try to triangulate in order to get elected there in Delaware. Well, that's about enough for old Joe Biden. We're going to have plenty of time to beat up uh, on him in the coming months. I am sort of torn whether I believe he's going to get the nomination or not because uh, he's already stumbling and the the race really hasn't even started. And these threats or these uh, comments by him minimizing China. Uh, as a threat and a competitor to the United States are really just an indication China's going to eat our lunch, he says. Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east, I mean west, blah, blah, blah. He's, um, it's it's going to be very interesting. Well, over the weekend... Uh, The Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip between Israel and Egypt uh, once again launched one of these uh, barrages of missile attacks on Israel. This is uh, widely believed to be funded and uh, promoted by Iran. In response, the United States has sent a carrier group to the Persian Gulf, which is basically designed to um, 
rattle Iran. For their part, Israel assassinated uh, the Hamas terrorist leader who was facilitating the transfer of Iranian funds to the Gaza Strip in order to fund these rocket attacks. But what's different between this and past episodes is now we have sort of a Palestinian caucus in the uh, United States Congress. And that caucus is led, of course, by radical Islamic representative from the 5th District of Minnesota, Ilhan Omar. And she, uh, she tweeted out, how many more protesters must be shot? Rockets must be fired and little kids must be killed until the endless cycle of violence ends, she says. Well, the cycle of violence only rears its ugly head when the Palestinians start um, attacking Israel. She goes on to say, the status quo of occupation and humanitarian crisis in Gaza is unsustainable. Only real justice and security, or only real justice can bring about security and lasting peace. Earth to Ilhan Omar, Earth to Ilhan Omar. Israel hasn't occupied Gaza since 2005. When Israel, in 2005, unilaterally removed every soldier and civilian from the Gaza Strip and turned it over entirely to the Palestinian Authority, which were promptly displaced by Hamas. Hamas took over the Gaza Strip in 2007 against the Palestinian Authority and has since then turned Gaza into a terrorist launch pad. They use hospitals and schools and other civilian infrastructure as staging platforms to launch these missile attacks on Israel. They've been digging tunnels under the border to infiltrate Israeli territory and has, uh, and have um, kidnapped Israeli soldiers and, and uh, civilians. And now, old Nancy Pelosi has installed Muslim radical Ilhan Omar to the House Foreign Affairs Committee and the U.S. Congress and steadfastly refused to remove her despite repeated anti-Semitic comments. And, and she, along with Rashid Tlaib and Ayok, have become basically the Palestinian caucus and the House of Representatives. So we're going to see just how far Ilhan Omar is willing to push this issue and whether or not the Democrats in the run-up to the 2020 election will continue to stand behind these radical Islamists in uh, in their caucus. Well, maybe it's a sign of the times, but, um, you know, you got Bill and Hillary Clinton on this uh, so-called speaking tour where they announced, I think it was going to be a 13-city stop, a 13-stop tour, I should say, uh, going out with uh, old Bill and Hillary Clinton sitting on a stage basically pontificating on how bad Trump is and how much they hate the deplorables. And uh, this started... When this all started, 
these tickets were almost two thousand dollars a piece for some of the for some of the best seats. Well, that was then, and this is now, and those tickets can go for as little as twenty dollars now because people are just not interested in anything Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton has to say. It's hard to be a Clinton. And it sort of reminds you to what happened to CNN after they took their anti-Trump, bash Trump 24-hour-a-day bash Trump telethon. CNN's primetime ratings dropped by another 25 points just last month over last year. MSNBC's ratings were also down, but not by quite as much, only 14 points. And this is uh, CNN's lowest rated month in total viewers since October 2015. They don't have a single show in the top 25 of most watched cable programs. Como Prime Time is their highest rated uh, show, and it ranks 26th. The Clintons are worn out and have nothing anybody wants to hear to say. And you got former First Lady Hillary, who's going on Rachel Maddow's show and dragging the whole stupid left-wing echo chamber down. They are obsessed with everything Never Trump. And now that uh, Robert Mueller has put out his report showing that they've been lying to everybody for the last three years, people are over it. It's over. Hillary lost in 2016 and MSNBC and CNN are losing as hard as they can right now. And you have to wonder, with uh, Media Matters and these other left-wing organizations uh, trying to promote boycotts against Fox News, how much longer can CNN keep any advertisers? Why are they advertising over there? Do they so agree with CNN's politics that they're willing to take a beating on these uh, these ad rates? We've just got a few minutes left, and I want to uh, uh, circle back around and talk about these tariffs that uh, Donald Trump is talking about reimposing. We've had Michael Stomo on this show from the Coalition of uh, Prosperous America, and they are one of the very, very, very few groups in Washington that is advocating for trade policies that actually benefit America's workers and businesses and farmers and ranchers. And it's really a David versus Goliath type situation because they're lightly funded. They depend on uh, some manufacturers and donations to fund their outfit at the same time, all of these Cato institution Institute and, uh, uh, foundation for a prosperous America and American enterprise Institute and all these other big groups receive tens of millions, probably hundreds of millions of dollars in funding from wall street and globalist sources in order to gin up arguments for wall street at main street's expense. So the Coalition for a Prosperous America came out strongly praising 
Trump's decision to increase tariffs on uh, these $200 billion worth of imports to China. He had delayed implementing those policies, you'll remember, to allow Robert Lighthizer uh, to come to an agreement. But because Beijing has decided to slow walk the the current negotiations, hoping to get to a new president, the president uh, came out with these, and it is absolutely hammering the Chinese economy. But uh, Stumo says the tariffs are working and are helping to grow the U.S. economy to get America moving again. It's imperative to reclaim our home market from the national champion companies that receive massive subsidies from China's central bank. Dan D'Amico, who we also also have had on this show, he says, this is great news for America's domestic manufacturers. President Trump continues to confront China's aggressive trade strategies and its heavily subsidized production of state-sponsored companies. America's manufacturers and their workers can breathe a sigh of relief that the president isn't being coerced by the import lobby into abandoning this, the very leverage that brought Beijing to the negotiating table to begin with. Hallelujah. It is unsustainable, this current policy that we've got running up these uh, huge trade deficits year after year with a communist Chinese dictatorship. And it's going to be a major issue in the, the upcoming presidential election. And, um, and when you hear Joe Biden telling you that there's nothing to worry about with China, I hope you'll remember this. So in the remaining few minutes of this show, I want to talk about the need for Republicans, and I hope they have the, the spine to do it, to go on the offense. We've had three years of these uh, bogus Russia accusations of collusion and coordination against Donald Trump. And if we are going to reverse this narrative because they have implanted this notion in people's minds that you know, there is where there's smoke, there's fire. And somehow Donald Trump did, in fact, collude with the Russians. The, the Republicans have got to go on offense and get to the bottom of the spying that took place on the Trump campaign and start frog marching some of these deep state operatives from the Obama administration into jail. And I would start with James Comey. Uh, Andrew McCabe has already been found to have lied under oath. Well, they're they're sending Michael Flynn to jail for doing that. And there have been numerous lies before congressional committees and leaks. And uh, and we need to start putting some pressure on these people and seeing if they will flip. You know, they've been trying to flip members of the Trump orbit for the last two years. It's time to see if we can get Peter Strzok and Lisa Page to flip and start telling us what really happened and how dialed in Barack Obama was during all this. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of America First Radio. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you join us again back here tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. 
Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.